return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. My Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I will never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you. So glad you're here today. You know, we just want to talk about, of course, it's Easter. We're going to talk about resurrection life. But we love talking about that anyway. Love talking about the goodness of God. But one of the things, you know, it's important to understand how, we, how do we relate to God. You know, lots of people are still, lots of Christians are still living in the Old Testament. They're still living in a place, you know, they think God is bringing judgment and God's punishing people and God's, God's in storms causing calamities and destructions and all kinds of things like that. And, of course, that's just not true. It's not true, folks. So in the book of Luke, at the Last Supper, the Last Supper, when Jesus had the Last Supper, he took the bread and he broke it, which is for our healing. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank God for healing. took the cup. And then he said, in the cup, he said, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. And so, so Jesus brought a dividing line. How does God interact with people? Well, with Old Testament, we had a holy God. Sinful people, so of course it's tough. Hot and cold don't mix real well, right? So New Testament, though, now we have the, the mediator, the buffer, the intercessor, Jesus Christ. And now God relates to us and even to the world through Jesus Christ. And why would you say the world? Well, God so loved the world, right? God so loved the world. John 3.16, it says, let's just go there. It's a, out of order, but John 3.16, he so loved the world, he gave his son, Jesus Christ. And so now Jesus says, God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. So God loves people. Can you say hallelujah? <laughs> and he loves people so that the world, through Jesus, might actually get saved. And it's sad, it's sad when you find Christians that are harsh or mean or, or that they will pronounce judgments, you know, like if you don't follow me, the Lord's going to get you or whatever. It's like, no, no, folks. The only thing God's getting people, he's getting them blessed. He wants to bless people. God is on the side of people because of Jesus Christ. It's a way of thinking you have to be renewed in your mind. It is a New Testament that we are in right now. So you are no longer in the Old Testament. Thank God for the promises. We can take those. We are Abraham's children in Christ. We can take those. We're not living there. Hallelujah. That's why we don't have a stock pen out here with a bunch of sheep and goats and everything else and burning stuff. It's because we're not in the Old Testament. And God interacts with people in a loving way. Every person, I'll say this again, every person you see on TV, 
that you see in your, your computer or your phone or whatever, any person, you, you don't even have to know them, any person you ever set your eyes on, God loves them. You could, you could see a terrorist shown on, t- on TV or something, God loves him too, or her. God loves people. He has commended his love toward us. He cares about us. Therefore, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, therefore, we are ministers of the New Testament. This is, this is important again, because sometimes pastors, ministers get harsh and so forth and, and stuff. And it's like, no, no. You know, you have ministers that if someone leaves the church, they say, oh, you left the church. God's going to get you. You know, God's going to judge you because you left the church. They're Pacific church, you know. Like, are you kidding me? No, he's not. You just let, let people be people, you know. And if they want to, wherever they want to fellowship, as long as they love Jesus, that's the key. Amen. So he made us able ministers of the New Testament. Now, you should write this down. Underline this in your Bible, 2 Corinthians 3, 6. This is, this is important because we're ministering by the Spirit because the Spirit gives life. So we're not ministering the letter of the law that brings death. In other words, in other words, reckoning all the sins and so forth against us. Folks, none of us would make it, right? None of us would make it. Even as a Christian, you can live for the Lord a lot of years. I got saved in college in a bar you know, thank you, Jesus, decades ago. And yet, when I get to heaven, yet it's like, thank you, Lord, for your grace and mercy. I'm going to enter because of what Jesus Christ has done for me. Amen. Our faith is in Jesus. You'll never be perfect. That's why there was a Savior. You'll never be perfect as a Christian. That's why there's a Savior. Amen. Some churches are harsh and judgmental. They're so cold you could skate out of them. No, it shouldn't be that way. It should be loving and friendly. You know, if someone, if someone is in a difficult place, all the more you should reach out to them. Sadly, people say, well, you should know better. Well, you shouldn't have done that. It's like, okay. But we live in this world, so you have to care about people. Amen? Thank God people cared about me. And he brings us life. Say life. Amen. He brings us life. So in the New Testament, there's this great exchange. We go from the old, we go from the new. New instead of death, I get life. Hallelujah. Instead of cursing, I get blessing. Instead of sickness, I get healing. Instead of destruction, I get an abundant life. So many things Jesus said made a marker down the line to say, this was old, now this is new. I've come that you might have life and and have it more abundantly. Amen. By his stripes you were healed. Saw, saw the play in Sioux Falls last night and the passion of Christ as far as the crucifixion and so forth. It was very, it was very, I was surprised. It was very realistic. It was very good. He did that for you and I. He did that for us. He paid the price for us because he loves you so much. Amen? So Romans 5 then, Romans 5 says Christ died. Uh... While we were without strength, Christ died for the ungodly. That's us. Remember where you've come from. If you remember where you come from, you'll have mercy for everybody else around you. You were not perfect. Your life was not perfect. If you remember that, then you'll have mercy for others rather than critical. Amen? So Christ died for the ungodly. Now look at verse 7. Scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Perhaps for a good man, some would even dare to die. So interesting statement. For a good person, some would think, you know, I'll, I'll give my life for them. You know, they, they're, they're really a good person and so forth. Some might, somebody might do that for a good person. But Christ died for us when we were not good people. 
Turn to your neighbor and say, you weren't good. <laughs> you weren't good. Well, nobody was. But we go to verse 8 then. And then it says this in verse 8. God demonstrated. So no, this is a demonstration. A demonstration. We should never forget the demonstration. It's like, it's like uh, you have demonstrations like in a lab or something. Someone's de- something's demonstrated. This is the most dem- uh, powerful demonstration ever in history. You should never forget it. It's a demonstration. I'm going to show you how much I love you. So Christ uh, says, while we were sinners, Christ died for us. So this is a demonstration of the love of Jesus. While we were sinners, while we were ungodly, while we, while we, while we, while we didn't deserve it, so forth, Jesus died for us. Amen? Notice, notice the thing here, because sometimes people get... they. Christians kind of get enough righteousness that they can be scary, you know. <laughs> and, and so, but you always have to remember, but God. Say, but God. Amen. So there's a, there's a pause there. But God, he demonstrates his love toward us. And that's what we're celebrating today. We can celebrate it every day. Amen. He demonstrates this love for us. So if, when we were enemies, notice the word enemies now. Here we could say we're sinners. Okay, now enemies gets a little stronger, right? When we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. Think of that. We were enemies because light and darkness don't mix. Right? So they don't mix at all. But because of Jesus Christ in his precious blood, now salvation has come to his, to his enemies. Amen? We were not good people. <laughs> Nobody was good people. But now because of Jesus... Salvation comes. Jeannie and I remember this when we travel places in the world. There's world religions that are very, very harsh. All the world religions actually are. You know, they, they make people work. You've got to work your way to salvation, you know, penance and so forth. And some people are flogging themselves and suffer, do everything you can to somehow earn something with your God. But with Christianity, it's different. Christianity, Christ paid the price for us. Now it's, now it's a matter of just acceptance. And so, and so because of what Jesus done, we've been reconciled or we're saved by his life. Not saved by what you do in the natural. You're saved by what he did in the supernatural. Amen. It's a great exchange. So all, all you have to do is say, well, oh Lord, I give you my life. And that means you've got to humble yourself. Amen. You've got to humble yourself. But I'm going to give you my life so that I can have your life. Powerful. Amen. Powerful. I mean, the one night uh, uh, I walk in a nightclub and so forth. God speaks to me supernaturally, shows me my sin and stuff. I turn my I turn over to Jesus. My prayer was, Lord, I need you. I mean, people had witnessed to me and I always rebuffed them. But now my eyes were open. And, and so I prayed and this peace of God came on me. My life was transformed right in the bar, right by the dance floor. And I walk out a different person. If someone saw me walk in, walk out, they would have thought, yeah, oh, there's Dave. Yeah, oh, yeah, he's got some issues. And No, but inside I was a new person because of what Christ had done. He brought forgiveness. He brought grace. He brought peace. Amen? And then our lives are transformed. Amen? So he provided this salvation. Now, think about this. What do you place value on? In your life, what do you place value on? I mean, we know there's an economic law of supply and demand. Do we have any business majors here? Business majors? Business majors? Okay, yeah, all right. So, so, you know, there's a law of supply and demand. 
If you have, if you have a low supply and a big demand, the price goes up. It's higher and higher and higher, right? So there's a law of supply and demand. But here, you know, I've got, a, I've got a bottle of water. And you'd say, if I said, what would you give me for this bottle of water? You know, you could buy, if you buy, uh, whatever, a 24-pack or whatever, you go to Walmart or something, you probably get this for 20 cents, right? So if I said, if I said what would you give me for it? Most of you might say, well, I'd give you 10 cents, whatever, maybe a nickel. Well, let me back up a ways. What would the value of this bottle of water be? And Jeannie and I have been in some jungle places where water is a premium. And you didn't have a bottle of water. And so someone said, hey, Pastor Dave, I got a bottle of water. What do you give me for it? I think, what do you want? I'll just give you what you want. And the price might be exorbitant. The price might be very, very high. But all of a sudden now, the value of that bottle of water just went through the ceiling because of the need, because of, because of what I, I had to survive so our lives were in a place, we're in a predicament, all right? So we were lost without Christ, and God so loved the world that he sent his son Jesus. Now, the thing is, there was a price to pay for sin. Because of Adam's sin in the garden, there was a price to pay. And so all of a sudden now, what are you going to, what do you value? What are you worth? How many people like sales? I like sales items. You know, buy something on sale. Well... Who doesn't want a good sale? The only thing is, you weren't on sale. The price, the price for your life was expensive. Because the only thing that could redeem you and I is a sacrifice that was perfect. A sacrifice, a human, who had never sinned. With the Old Testament, the blood of bulls and goats had covered sin, but could never make a person righteous could never bring true forgiveness, could never bring peace with God. But now through Jesus Christ, here is this sacrifice of pure, spotless blood for you and I. And the thing is, he paid that price for everybody on the planet. Isn't that amazing? See, I can see people out here, they're cussing, you know, they're using God's name in vain. They, you know, they don't care at all. And yet Jesus paid the price for their sins. That's good news. It's good news to tell people that God loves you. It's not like a harsh thing. You better, you better turn and repent. You're going to burn. No, no, let's just say he loves you. He loves you. He has a plan for you. That's why he sent his son, Jesus Christ. So the value that God placed on you was worth the, the blood of his son, Jesus. Some people said if you were the only one, he would have died for you or died for me. Because he cares that much. He loves that much. Now think about it. Let's transfer this into just our relationships. How do you care about people? How do you care about other people? How do you care about people in your family? Or how do you care about someone that really irritates you? Or someone you work with that you don't like? How do you treat them? How do you respond to them? Well, we can begin to respond like Jesus if we realize the love we've been given. Jesus said, freely you've received, freely give. Give it away. Turn to your neighbor and say, give it away. The more you give away the love of Jesus, the more you embrace the love of Jesus, the more beautiful it becomes. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6, it says that, that we were bought with a price. Now, there's a price. There was a price tag on you. It was not a sale price. There's a price tag on humanity around the world. And that price tag demanded pure, spotless blood of the Lamb of God. 
And Jesus was willing to pay the price. He bought, think of this, he bought you and I while we were enemies. Never play a game. I don't think they do this anymore in playgrounds. Where they choose, do, they ever, do they still choose sides on a playground? You know, playing a, you're playing a basketball game or you're playing a softball game or something. You choose sides. You got captains. Okay, I'll take them. And then the next thing, you know, go back and forth. Choose sides. You know what I'm talking about? And then you get down to the last person, you know, or last couple. And they're kind of like, huh, you know, who's going to pick me? Maybe the person who doesn't know how to play that well or doesn't have as much athletic talent or something. And, and finally, so, oh, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, come on, you're on our side. <laughs> you know, well, you didn't have talent. Turn to your neighbor and say, you didn't have talent. You didn't have anything on your own to offer. Nothing. Nothing at all to offer. You were created in the image of God, but you were lost. We were all lost. But God said, I'm going to choose them. You know, and of course, of course, to the devil, it would be like, you're going to die for the world that, that I'm leading and so forth. Yeah, he is. He redeemed us. He redeemed us. He purchased us. First Peter is another scripture that goes with this. First Peter 1. And it says that we were redeemed, not with natural things like gold and silver. He didn't buy us with money, but he bought us with the precious blood. God bought us with the precious blood of Christ. A lamb without blemish. So I deserved judgment and death. And God said, I'll take your place, open the prison doors, and if you want to be free, come follow me. We all were in that place. We had the judgment of death on us. We deserved hell, and he gave us heaven. We deserved judgment, and he gave us his, his life, his peace, his righteousness. I mean, it's amazing. I, you you got to think about this so much to realize how good God is, how much he loves people. If you realize how much he loves people, that's when you want to start sharing with people, right? That's when you want to start witnessing to people. That's when you want to start... Blessing people because of that love. So Colossians talks about, just there's one word, inheritance. But this price has been paid. And it says, from the Lord you'll receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. So once you, serve, once you start serving Jesus, you understand you're starting to walk in an inheritance. Now inheritance, if inheritance in the natural comes, say when someone passes away and you're listed in their will... As a, or a beneficiary or something like that. And so then something comes to you. But when it comes to you, like the inheritance, the attorney doesn't say, uh, yeah, you'll get it. Uh, let's see, if you give me more money or you do this or that, jump, jump up and down ten times. You know, the inheritance comes to you free. You might have to pay taxes, the government. Okay. But otherwise, it comes to you free. You, don't, you didn't earn it. You didn't work For that inheritance, it's given to you, right? Amen? The inheritance is given to us. And so that's why we have to respond in such a way that that God will give us stuff and we have to receive it. Let's go back to Romans 6.23 a second. And it says that the gift of God is eternal life. So the wages of sin is death. So we understand that. But the gift of God, say gift. What do you do to get a gift? It, you just nothing. It's a gift. 
I feel sad sometimes. People get caught in scams, you know, like, hey, some money's coming to you, but you've got to send me 10 gift cards or something. Well, then it's not a gift, right? It's not a gift. You should, that should be a red flag right away. Well, no, this is a scam. <laughs> but, you know, the gift of God is eternal life. And so, so this inheritance comes to us, and all we have to do is receive it. Now, sometimes some churches teach on penance and so forth, and somehow you have to suffer or whatever. If you've sinned, you, well, you need to suffer three days to get forgiveness. Like, no. If you realize you sin, what's the best thing to do? Say, Father, forgive me. Within the next whatever, you can do the next minute or 10 minutes or whenever you have a revelation and turn and follow, start following the Lord. There is no condemnation. Again, that's a wonderful exchange in life. There's not any condemnation. He cares for us. Amen? So the gift of God, this inheritance comes to us. When we receive Jesus Christ, it's like, wow. Now, it isn't like, okay, you, you've been saved six months and I'll give you a little bit of peace. He gives you the full package right away. The whole, all of the assets of heaven are available to you and I immediately. And as we begin to exercise faith, we begin to partake of those things that he's given to us. Right? So we have to exercise faith. Of course, we get in the word of God, we start growing. But then we become a witness and we learn that we can walk in the spirit. We learn that we can have victory and we can, have, we can overcome habits and our lives can change for the better. Or we realize, hey, I can pray for the sick people too. Old Testament, just the priest was the leader. It's all, most denominations are set up that way. The pastor, he's the leader. He does all the praying. That's Old Testament. New Testament that we've taught here for decades is believers minister. Pastors still pastors and so forth, oversees and so forth and leads. But people can all minister. Turn to your neighbor and say, you can pray for others. You can pray for others. You can, you can lay hands on the sick. You can, you can declare the goodness of God. You can help people. You can lead people to the Savior. Amen? So we receive this inheritance that, wow, I, I didn't have to work for this. I didn't do anything for it. All It comes to the children. The inheritance normally comes follows family lines. So when you come in Christ, you get the inheritance... Of God, through Jesus Christ. You're a daughter or a son of God, and you start receiving that inheritance. And you have to tap into it, because the more you tap into it, the more you realize how good he is. Sadly, you know, a lot of people, you know how it is for a lot of people. Yeah, 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 I go to church every now and then. Yeah, I go, oh yeah, I believe, I believe. And they're just, they're just scrapping, scratching the surface. If you, had, if you had someone who passed away, rich uncle or somebody... And they passed away, the funeral's over, and then someone said, hey, there's an inheritance for the family. What would you do? Would you sit there, oh, oh really? Oh, I, don't, I don't care what Bill had. That don't matter. That's okay. I'm content the way I am. No, I would guarantee you that you'd be calling the attorney or the bank or whatever. Hello, hello. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a nephew. I guess my name's in the will here. I, I belong. And you'd show them some ID that you identification. You have identification in Christ. And you'd show them some fact that say, I, I do belong. And what would you do? I mean, the enemy always wants to fight us. Of course, what would you do? Oh, no, I don't think. I don't think you're going to get anything. No, we don't want to get. You say, wait a minute. That's mine. That's my inheritance. You'd fight for your inheritance. You wouldn't be passive. 
Right? No, no, you'd fight for your inheritance. You'd be at that attorney's office. I'll be back with the sheriff. <laughs> or I'll be back with another attorney, whatever. And you'd, and you'd want to do what? You would want to read the will. Because someone say, you know, all right, Dave, you got $1,000. But Uncle Bill was quite rich. I mean, that's it. Let me see the will. You know, sometimes people get saved and they have a little bit and the devil's content. I just keep them, keep them over here. They're inactive. Don't do anything. But when you get into the will to the word of God, all of a sudden you realize, wait a minute. I got a lot of stuff here. I want what's coming to me. Amen. Because God already gave it through his son, Jesus Christ. So at Calvary, he said, hey, it's finished. And finished means finished. So now we, we purchase all this wonderful forgiveness and healing and all these wonderful things of abundant life. Go get your inheritance. Turn to your neighbor and say, stop sitting around. You got to pursue it. You have to pursue what is your, yours. It, it's not going to be manifested automatically. It's given to you just like a normal inheritance would be, but you have to go get it. You have to go claim what belongs to you. They say, thank you, Jesus. This is mine. See, sometimes people look at Christians and say, well, how come God's favoring them more, favoring them more? No, no, he's not a respecter of persons. He loves everybody. So just go get what belongs to you. Exercise your faith. Be in the word. Be in fellowship. Be in prayer. Amen. Being like this here. You know, some of you just, just here today. Easter. Hallelujah. People call them Easter lily and poinsettia Christians. Show up on Christmas and Easter. The fact is, folks, it belongs to you. Say it's mine. So you want to go get it. He sent back the Holy Spirit. He gave us the Holy Spirit so that we can be like him. Amen. Like his children. If we're God's children, we should act like him. Right? Right. If you say you're a Christian, well, then you want to act like Jesus. If you're going to ask real hard, act real harsh and so forth, don't, don't say you're a Christian. <laughs> Just don't go there. Amen. You want to act like Jesus. Now, here's three responses to the resurrection. Three responses. Hebrews 4, verse 15 and 16. The first response is you come to the throne of grace. We have a high priest, Jesus Christ, who can sympathize with everything we go through because he was tempted in all ways like we would be, yet without sin. Notice the last thing, yet without sin. God totally understands humanity because Christ came as a man and died for people so that we might have this supernatural divine life. He knows where we're at. So therefore, we can come boldly. Come boldly. Notice, it's a throne of grace. Just get judgment out of your mind. Get judgment and harshness out of your mind. It is a throne. The throne of God. People think, oh, the throne of God. Oh, it's the throne of God. No, it's the throne of God. You come boldly to the throne of God. Your head's up. Why? Because of what Christ has done for you. Amen? Because So because of the blood of Christ, now I'm not coming as, as the old Dave. I'm coming as the new Dave. So we come boldly to the throne of grace. And notice what it says. We'll obtain mercy. And you find grace to help. So one of the things we want to do first is we obtain mercy, we find grace, and we get whole. 
Get hold. Just, just, feel, just soak in his love. Just, put, just close your eyes for a minute. Soak in his love. Soak in his love for you. Don't think about somebody else. Just soak in his love for you. You get whole. And you realize, wow, Jesus loves me. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I had to learn this, you know. I had to learn, you know, not to be so hard on myself even and stuff. And just realize, thank you, Jesus, for loving me. For cleansing me, making me whole. Spiritually. Every way. Thank you, Lord, for that. So we obtain mercy. There's two words I really love. I love mercy and I love grace. If you're going to be a Christian, you have to like mercy and grace. Because God is merciful. Even Jesus said in in the last, in the Sermon on the Mount, he says, your God is kind to the unthankful and to the evil. Wow, he's kind even to the evil. Cares about people. Now, people always say, well, there's a day of judgment. Yes, I know there's a day of judgment. At the end, there is. But right now, it's a time of grace. You can find, find grace. You can obtain mercy. Amen? So we have to respond to what he's done. Amen? Like responding to the inheritance. Go, go get the wholeness of God. Number two is Romans chapter 6. We want to live like his children. Live like Jesus. The news media always presents, so many times presents Christians, you know, that, you know, that uh, kind of doing kooky things and stuff. Just live like Jesus. Be nice to people. Don't treat, like, don't treat someone like they got horns in their head. <laughs> you know, don't treat someone that way. Treat them nicely. Just care about people. We know people from all different backgrounds, folks. And, and we're learning to just love like Jesus loves. So when we're buried with him in baptism through death, we're raised, for, as Christ was raised from the dead, we also walk in newness of life. You should underline this in your Bible. Walk, walk in a new life. Sometimes people cop out and they say, well, my family's this way. Well, you've got a new family now. You're, fam- you're part of the family of God. Yes, we have a natural family, but we're part of the family of God. So we start walking in the newness of life, the one who God made us to be. Like his children. And then we're, reunite, we're, we're united together in the likeness of his death. We, we die. We return to him. But now we're raised in the likeness of his resurrection. Now, that's a resurrection of grace and mercy. Amen? So we respond again. We respond. We get whole. We start responding to live like his children. Jesus said in John... I think it was John 13 or something. He said, he says, they'll know you are my disciples because you have love one for another. Now, now I think it's, uh, I'm trying to think of it's Galatians or where. He's, he talked about Christians biting and devouring one another. Well, that's not exactly loving one another, is it? The body is the body. Let me remind you, there's one church. There's one church that Jesus Christ made. He authored the church. But it's worldwide, and it's composed of born-again believers. Anybody who's received Jesus is part of that church. So we think of church in the natural, like this place and other places and so forth. No, those are buildings, and people gather there, but it's true. the true church is believers in Jesus Christ. Amen? So then, you know, you have to exercise your faith again to care about people. All right, last thing, 2 Corinthians 5. We come to the throne of grace, we find wholeness, we start to walk with him, and then, then we have to take up his ministry. That's a responsibility. 
Jesus said to everybody, not to a few people, to everybody, to go into all the world. Now, your world is what's around you, all right? The world is what's around you. But in Christ, the old things pass away. Can we say hallelujah? You're a new creation. And things become new. And God's created these things and so forth. And notice that he's given us a ministry. Everybody's been given a ministry. The ministry is a ministry of reconciliation. He's not talking to pastors here, teachers, evangelists. He's talking to people. It's his people, disciples. He's given to us this ministry. To, to reconcile means Christ already did it. Now we go out and tell people that he did it. How are they going to know unless they hear, right? How's faith going to come unless they hear? So we tell people what Christ has done for them. Christ, God was in Christ reconciling the world to themselves. And notice, not imputing their trespasses. So he wasn't numbering all their sins. Oh, you're a sinner. Boy, you're a louse. You're a loser. You know, no, he never did that. In fact, the think of the disciples. None of, all of them had their issues, right? All of them that had their issues. And the disciples first were followers before they were believers. People act like, well, they just, boy, they just love Jesus. They were on fire. No, no, they were followers first. He said, Jesus said, come follow me. So at work, you can be a light to other people and say, hey, hey, let me just tell you about some stuff. And then let them follow. Let them learn. Let them grow little by little, maybe. And then they have a revelation of Jesus Christ. Amen? So, so we're not imputing their trespasses. So we don't do that. He committed to us this word of reconciliation. It's a word of grace and mercy. It's a word of love. So then, now, say now. Whether you realize it or not, you're an ambassador. You're an ambassador for Jesus Christ. And God is going to plead through you and me to the rest of the world to, to uh, be reconciled to Jesus Christ. Reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. You and I are ambassadors. You and I, you and I uh, uh, represent the King of kings and Lord of lords. You and I speak the king's words. So we think, we think sometimes, well, I don't know a lot of Bible. I don't know theology. You don't even need to know any theology. You just need to know you're saved. You need to know God loves you and God loves people. He'll turn us loose and we'll grow from there. Amen? Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, no excuses. It's easy. It's not hard to tell people Jesus loves you. Amen? Not hard to do that. Just say it out. I say, Jesus loves you. Turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus loves you. So we, we realize these are just simple things, but they're powerful things because of the name of Jesus. There's no other name like it in the world. I tell you, we go to places and you speak the name of Jesus, boy, things happen. There's power. It's not, it's not the name of some other God that's dead or some person that's dead or anything like that. He is alive. That's why we celebrate today. He is alive. Jesus is alive. He is here. Hallelujah. So when we speak that, he's commissioned us. So our response to the, to the resurrection is that, okay, Lord, I'm going to lose my pride and I'm going to be your servant. I'm just going to love people. Say, I can do that. That's not hard to do. It's like going into work and say, good morning. And then you might see someone that's having a hard day and say, hey, I just want you to know Jesus loves you. How hard is that? No one's going to flunk this test. I know that. It's not hard. Don't make it hard. In fact, the thing that's the barrier a lot of times is our own pride. 
Well, what are people going to say? What are they going to do? It doesn't really matter what they say or do. You're, you're just the delivery person. You're the ambassador. Right? The ambassador is just speaking for the prime minister or the king or the president. He's just speaking for them. It's not his word. It's, they, it's not their word. It's his word. So, so now we are these ambassadors. And then in 1 Corinthians 12, I think it is. So now it says, notice the word now. Say now. You're the body of Christ. Now, what does that mean? It means that we all are Christians now. I'm talking about Christians, born-again Christians. Christ lives in us, and we're the body. Amen? All different members. We might do all different things. We live in different places. We're from different countries. But it doesn't matter. But in Christ, we're all the same body. See, the church is the thing. Sometimes I talk to people and say, yeah, when I'm farther along in the conversation, I say, well, you're a Christian. Oh, yeah, yeah, I go, to that, I go to that church down the street. I didn't ask that. didn't ask if you go to church. That isn't the issue. The issue is, do you love Jesus Christ? Amen. See, our dog tags should say, I'm purchased by the blood of Jesus. I belong to Jesus first and foremost. I may fellowship at church A, B, or C, but I belong to Jesus. Isn't that right? We're the body of Christ. And members in particular. Let me, Isaac, come on up here a second. I've got to have a few people. Let's see. Excel, come on up here a second. Felix, come on up here a second. Come on up here a second. Let me slide this way. Oh, just come on, come on on this side, Felix, over here. Let's see. Let's see. Have another girl. Let's see. We have Nigeria and Ghana. We have the Native Americans. Another girl from another country. Uh, other countries. Other country. Who, who, Congo. Somebody from the Congo. Lady from the Congo. Come on, come on. I'll just wait for you. I know you're here. Come on up. Come on up, you, 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 you. Come on up. Come on up. Yeah, come on up. Come on. Come on. Come on. All right, come on up. All right. Ethiopia. Come on up. Bay, where are you from? Oh, come on up, Bay. All right. What other countries do we have? What, what other countries? Shout, shout out your country. Mexico. Come on up, Javier. Yes. All right, Javier. Haiti? Where's Haiti? Oh, all right, come on. Come on. All right. Come on in here. Yeah, come on in here. All right. What other countries? Lynn from China. China, all right. Do we have uh, Tanzania or Uganda or Liberia or... Are you, if, is there a country that I've not mentioned that you belong to? I got Mr. Ghana here. 
All right, now look, the body of Christ and members in particular. So we go, we go to places around the world, and we'll go into somebody's house, and we're always friendly this way. So we're in their house, eating their food and so forth, sometimes sitting on the floor. But immediately, when we're in their house, we're like part of their family. And why is that? Because of believers in Christ. Look totally different, speak different languages and so forth, different food. But because of Jesus Christ, we're in the, we're in the same family. Amen? Can you say amen? amen? So now you're the body of Christ. You're members individually. So all of us, without realizing it, take their arms a second, you're all connected. Amen. You and I are connected to everybody on this planet, but especially to the Christians, right? The Bible says you should do good unto all men, especially those of the body of Christ or the household of God. Amen. Turn to somebody and say, do good. <laughs> this is not hard. This is not hard. Don't make it hard. Okay, so what happens? What happens if I realize this, then all of a sudden, this is how we express ourselves. Hey, let's have the worship team come up. Worship team's going to come up. Whitney's got a song for us. Pastor Jeannie's going to play. So the worship team, come on up a second. So, you know, here's, here's Felix, and all of a sudden I realize I'm connected to the native community. Amen? Or I'm connected to the Ghanaian community, or Nigerian community, or or Congolese community, or, or China, or Mexico, or Ethiopia, or South Sudan, or Haiti. Amen? Stand, okay, stand up with me a second. Just, just, just stand up with me. And you can feel free to go across the aisle if you want. But take somebody's arm a second. Take something like this. Now, there's a scripture. Uh, I don't know if I had it or not. Colossians 2.2. Now, look at this scripture. Hey, we do have it. Okay, just a second. So, notice the word knit. Can you say knit? Everything you're wearing right now is what? Yeah, it's threads. It's threads that, you know, thank God they're all held together, right? Thank God they're all interwoven. And you're wearing a garment that, you know, stays on you. Hallelujah. So, everything you're wearing is threads. In the 60s, you know, never mind. People, people used to say, hey, I got a nice set of threads. You know, they banned people. I got a nice set of threads. Well, you're wearing threads. Threads that are knit. The body of Christ is knit. Now, notice what it says. Their hearts. Their hearts are knit. Isaac and I are different. Felix and I are different. We all may look different. Different shapes, sizes. Uh, 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 skin colors, languages, got a lot of languages here, but we're the same in Jesus Christ. Amen. How many know you poke me and poke me and Isaac, we're going to both bleed red, right? Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Amen. Now turn, look, just look at the person next to you and say, hey, we're connected. connected. And if we're connected, you don't want to speak against your own body. No. You want to be a blessing to your own body. Amen. Let me pray here. Father, I pray we get this revelation of how good you are, how much you love us, how much you've connected us in the spirit. Lord, we thank you for the body. I thank you for the believers here, but Lord, worldwide, Lord, I thank you that we are your people. And I pray that even through this little place that others will see you, Jesus. People leaving here today that will be lights for you, Jesus. Ambassadors for you, Lord God. I thank you for using them, Lord, for your glory and honor with that wonderful, simple message that Jesus loves you. Lord, we thank you for this. Thank you, Jesus.
Thank you, Jesus. Whitney, Whitney's going to lead us in a song. Let's, let's look at the scripture. This is a new song, but it's got good words here. I need you. You need me. We're all a part of God's body. Stand with me. Agree with me. We're all a part of God's body. It is His will. It is His will that Somebody bless oh, it him is in Jesus' name. It is His will. It is His will that 
Anybody joining us from around the world, we bless you in the name of Jesus. He loves you. He cares for you. Jesus is as close as the mention of his name. And you can just speak it out. He will be there for you as you call on him. We love you. God bless you today. Thanks for joining us for the service. Hit hit the uh, share thing. Pass it on to others. Amen. Hey, reach out and bless your neighbor. All right. Bless somebody. Give him a handshake, a hug, an elbow, fist bump. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife@brookings.net. Or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m. Also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.